Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. This interview is a bit different. Lisa Francis is a former student of mine from Loyalist College. You will hear her reference this in the interview. To avoid a conflict of interest, Olivia Waldriff, a reporter at Northumberland 89.7 FM, graciously stepped in to do the interview instead of me. So here is Green Party candidate Lisa Francis. It's a pleasure to have with me uh, Lisa Francis today on the show. Uh, We're looking forward to talking to her. To get started, uh, instead of going over all the party platform stuff you have included in your speeches and campaign literature, I want you to pick one thing, uh, just one, that you didn't include uh, that we won't read or hear about over the next four weeks that you wish you had included. Something that I haven't said yet? Okay. Um, It's a really interesting question. And I think think something that maybe I haven't... um, If I have said it, I don't think I've said it enough. And and that's just that... um, you know, <laughs> running for provincial politics is a pretty big first step into this world. And um, I have to say that I'm finding it to be a very interesting um, and challenging position and uh, <laughs> endeavor. Um, but I think it's really important. And I think that uh, we're very lucky to have uh, the opportunity to vote for our leadership. And I believe that we are in desperate need of a change. That I know I've said before. But I think the important thing is that everyone needs to get out and vote. Everyone has a voice and we are ready to listen. Is there anything that's not included in your platform that that you wish you would have included? I believe our platform is very well-rounded. And one of the things that uh, really that I support and why I'm attracted to the Green Party is that we look at things from a holistic point of view. Um, We're not looking to make policies in silos. Um, We look at how everything connects to everything else. Um, And uh, I think that that's really important um, and and, uh, critical for uh, good leadership. Can you just start off by telling us um, a little bit about yourself? Sure. I was born in Ajax and I grew up in the Quinty area. Um, I'm also a graduate of Loyalist College's journalism program. Um, I've lived here like basically my whole life. I spent five years in, in Toronto to start my career, but um, it was really important for me to come home uh, to start my family. Um, I lived in Sterling, just north of Belleville uh, for 10 years. And um, that was really important to me to have a rural upbringing for my son. Um, he's a country boy at heart, and I'm very proud of that. Um, I think there's a lot to that. Um, I am a working mom. I actually work one and a half jobs, so I'm a teaching and learning coordinator at Queen's University, but I'm also a part-time instructor at Loyalist College. Um, you know, 
I'm an Ontario girl. I love this area. And I do think that North, Northumberland, Peterborough South, um, I live in Brighton now. Um, it's a magical area. Um, I, I literally live, work and play here. <laughs> working remotely. Um, but I think we have a very special area. And uh, I really want to protect that. What's one thing you have learned or been taught about being a candidate that people would be surprised to learn? Uh, something you bring to the table that you didn't know before? I think that I have, um, <laughs> I think that I'm able to speak to people, um, you know, on a one-on-one -on -one level because I'm a citizen just like them. Um, you know, I'm not a career politician. Um, I'm just somebody who wants to make our lives a little better and make sure that policies that impact us actually reflect our needs and our wants. Um, and one thing I've learned is, um, you know, <laughs> I get to talk to people all the time and I've really learned um, what some of the key issues are in this particular area. And, um, you know, you read headlines and, and that's great. And, you know, you can learn stuff from that, but really talking to individuals um, has taught me so much. So you said earlier that um, you haven't had much experience in politics. Uh, what what gave you that push to join the Green Party and become their candidate? Well, I just wanted to be involved. Um, you know, um, I think that my skills in my career uh, lend itself well to uh, moving things along and organization and, and policy and things like that. So I'm not worried about that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of challenge. I think that uh, that kind of stuff comes naturally to me. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to be involved because what I found in the last, um, well, the federal election, I just wasn't connecting with um, anyone really. And I just, in my, in my job, I work with the ministry and it has taught me that the government is not something far away that, we can't be a part of, um, you know, government is there to, to lead us and we should be involved. And uh, when I had the opportunity, I thought, you know what, there's a reason for this opportunity and I'm going to take it and uh, see where we go. So the Green Party is known for their policies on climate change. They were sort of the one of the first to address it as the big issue that it is. But as it becomes a more pressing issue, you can't really run uh, without a policy on climate change. So I'm wondering, how does the Green Party's policy stand out from the other platforms? The other platforms uh, include a lot of um, information, things that look green on the surface. Um, but what I will say is that if you want green, you need to vote green because we have a real plan that will really result in real net zero by 2045 um, you know we are evidence-based we've talked to the experts and uh, we have a, a real plan it's not a surface level attempt at addressing climate climate change um, and as i mentioned before it's connected to everything else right um, you know climate is the number one thing we can't all be on this planet without without climate action um and so everything's connected and we have a real plan that will really make a big impact can you give us a little detail on the plan that you have yeah sure i think the most um the the key thing is phasing out fossil fuels and we need to stop subsidizing the use of fossil fuels we need to electrify transportation and provide opportunities for 
um, everyday people to be able to have those options. What is the first step in eliminating fossil fuels? Stop subsidizing it. Oh, yes. <laughs> we have to get big oil out of everyone's pockets. I don't know if you've been to the pumps lately, but it's a disaster. Okay. Uh, what would you say are some of the biggest issues um, for climate in Northumberland? Look, what are some of the stuff, some of the things we need to get done in our area to reduce our carbon footprint? Mm, sure. Um, we really need to focus on protecting our forests and our watersheds. Um, these are natural solutions to problems like flooding and cleaning our water. Um, that's really, really important. Also, we have some of the best agricultural soil in the world, and we need to stop <laughs> losing it to development. We lose 175 acres a day. Like, that's crazy. Um, we need to protect those resources so that we can have sustainable local food um, producers, and we need to incentivize farmers to look at uh, climate-friendly um, um, approaches and technology. How exactly do we go about saving the environment without sacrificing the local economy? You know, some of the uh, greener um, solutions tend to be a bit more expensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we're pretty upfront about it. Um, you know, we've put out a fully costed plan and yeah, there is a cost to correcting the damage that's been done. The reality is, is that the damage has been done and we don't have time to nickel and dime things. We have to invest. Uh, and and that's, that's a big statement and that's a big move. But, you know, our past governments cumulatively have put us in this position. And, you know, you can only take so much. <laughs> There's only so much to give. And we have to invest in ourselves. And Ontarians deserve that. Um, I'm just, uh, what would you do for people who are hesitant because of the cost? You know, things are already getting so expensive. Yeah. Um, so anyone who would be hesitant to vote for you because of the rising cost, even though it would be better for the planet, it's still like, you know, people have to live. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. People have to live and affordability is one of the number one um, issues that I'm hearing from folks. And I told you earlier, I work one and a half jobs, not because I want to, but life is uh, expensive. Um, you know, we're investing in the, uh, the, green, the green and climate economy, um, but that results in jobs. That results in good jobs. Um, and our plan, yes, it, is, um, it does require investment, but it doesn't um, build off of the backs of middle and low income earners. Um, we really believe that you have to support everybody, especially our most vulnerable. And when everyone, you know, when, when our uh, most vulnerable do better. Everyone does better. It is, I talked about everything being connected. It's all cyclical. It's all, um, it's all connected, right? So poverty is the number one reason that we have such a strain on our healthcare system, right? We've got all these cracks in all these critical systems and we have to stop pretending like we can, you know, fix them by sticking license plate stickers over them. Speaking of affordability, um, you know, gas prices, groceries, they're getting very expensive. I was just wondering what your party is planning on doing to sort of fix that. Yep. So we have um, the grocery code of conduct idea. Um, we think it's really important to have sustainable local food sources, right? We talk about um, connected communities and those communities um, need to have local sourced um, uh, food. These, this idea of, you know, prepared foods and whatnot, 
that's an okay idea, but at the end of the day, we need to invest in our health. And that means getting back to locally grown, um, fresh food. And we can make that possible. Um, but we, we got to shift what's, what's the norm, right? What's the expected? How do we shift it? We shift it by making it more accessible. We, we shift that by, um, by providing incentives for farmers and, and helping them, um, you know, with technologies and investing in them so that they can, they can grow the food that we need and make it, uh, make it available to everyone. I know your party's offering incentives for electric cars, but some people might not be able to afford the electric cars, even with the, the money that you're promising them. Uh, so is there anything your party has planned to lower the gas prices? I know that we are going to stop subsidizing uh, fossil fuels, and it's going to take time to phase those things out and get to a place where um, electric vehicles and electrified transportation is accessible to everybody. We know that that's going to take some time, but we have a real plan to do that. How long do you think the plan would take? We are, we expect to have um, a 50% reduction in our emissions um, by 2030, and we will be at real net zero by 2045. Great. Um, so just on the topic of affordability, the Conservative Party is pushing for $15.50 an hour for minimum wage. Uh, but a living wage group that goes around to different communities in Ontario says that in order to live in Northumberland comfortably, you have to make around $18.80 an hour. Um, so what is your plan to give the residents of Northumberland a living wage? I'm going to focus on um, a minimum and living wage for our nurses and for our PSWs um, who take care of our elders and our sick. We are looking at doubling ODSP. Um, sorry, there's somebody at the door. Um, we are doubling our ODSP, the ODSP rates, um, and we will repeal Bill 124 and make sure that nurses have a minimum wage and PSWs have a minimum wage that actually suits them and, and gives them the respect and dignity for the jobs that they do. And what about like the grocery workers and retail workers, people in Northumberland who, you know, are making the, the $15 an hour right now and are just barely getting by? Yeah, we absolutely um, support um, increasing minimum wage and we're going to start with $16 um, this year and we're going to increase every year by a dollar. So you mentioned nurses. I just want to move on to uh, long-term care. What is your party's stance on long-term care? Yeah, so we fully support uh, public health care, publicly funded and publicly delivered health care. Um, we know that privatization uh, has not done anybody any favors. Uh, my mom actually was a PSW. Um, and even before the pandemic, like the pandemic certainly highlighted a lot of the cracks in the system. But even before that, um, you know, they didn't, <laughs> quite often, they didn't have uh, what they needed to do their jobs properly. And I mean, these are our elderly people, like they are our most vulnerable. We have to do better. They deserve better. Is your party more focused on improving the long-term care homes that we currently have? Yes. All right. So, yeah, they tend to be, um, you know, understaffed and underfunded, and usually they're short on beds, uh, especially with the 
pandemic. So I know you said you're going to up the, the wages for nurses and PSWs. Um, but what are you going to do to get sort of more people interested in becoming PSWs besides the wages? Yeah. So um, we have uh, we have a lot of people here who are internationally uh, trained, and we're going to work to get them um, um, certified or accepted. Um, sorry, I'm not sure what the term necessarily is, and I work in post-secondary, but um, we're going to make sure that internationally trained um, healthcare workers can work in Ontario because our greatest resource, aside from the climate, is our people. And we have to stop putting up these artificial barriers um, that make it hard for people to get work, right? And so our approach to healthcare um, starts with early childhood care. We're going to make sure that $10 a day daycare becomes a reality in Ontario so that uh, people don't have to choose whether they are employed or they're home taking care of their family. Um, I believe the stat was 1.5 million women lost their jobs at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and we know that men get their jobs back three times faster than women. And that is a huge part of our labor force that, uh, that's been neglected. And so we are going to make sure that um, there's more uh, spots available for nurses. And we're going to um, ensure that the people that we have who are willing to work and want to work can work. The Liberals have been pushing for at-home care, um, but they don't have any plan to implement round-the-clock care, but, and they have referred to the sort of long-term care model that's in place now as warehouses, and I was wondering what you think of that. Yeah, so our focus on, is on community-centered care. So uh, we want to look at um, Indigenous-led healing centers. We want to look at um, um, nurse practitioner-led clinics. We want to be able to provide people with community-led care and that will ease the burden on our healthcare system. Um, I was speaking with the Alzheimer's Society um, last week I guess it was and they were saying um, you know there's 2,600 beds being taken up by people with dementia because they can't get the care they need in the community and the community care can be delivered at one-seventh of the cost of a hospital bed. Um, you know there when I talked about doing things in a different way and, and changing the expectations of the norm. We just, we have to, we have to do things in a smarter, more efficient, resource-friendly way. The community-led care, uh, I'm just wondering for the dementia patients, would that be, um, where would that take place? Yeah, so there would be a community care uh, clinic that people could go to and, and get the care that they need. We're also proponents of um, at-home care. Um, the idea is that we need to give people the care they need where they need it. Okay, great. Uh, so the Coburg Police Service and the OPP seem to go out every week on overdose calls. Uh, and I know your platform has um, a policy on the opioid crisis. And I was just wondering if you could tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so one of the things that uh, we will be doing is expanding safe, safe use sites. Um, we... And again, this goes back to that idea of like connected policy, um, but it's going to start with addressing the mental health issues that um, are plaguing us, especially with our youth. Um, so again, that sort of rounded um, approach to, to care. Okay. 
we live in a time of uh, very div divisive politics. There's a lot of negativity uh, in the legislature and we watch attack ads. Uh, some people may wonder whatever happened to civility in politics. Uh, can you name one policy or one idea put forward by the conservatives or other parties that you would support? I, I, <laughs> I'll go a little bit broader than that and just say that I would be willing to work with anybody who's willing to do the work, right? We've watched um, our past governments make promises, uh, you know, send us a check every once in a while and hope that that counts as leadership. But if somebody's willing to do the work that needs to be done, so that's climate action, that's housing, that's affordability, that's healthcare, all of those things. I'd work with anybody who's willing to actually do the work. That is why I got involved in this because it's time to do the work. We have to stop talking about it and do the work. So there hasn't been anything uh, specific that you've agreed with coming from any of the other parties so far? Uh, the NDP has jumped on our, our bandwagon in terms of housing. So that's <laughs> like, it could be a good, uh, a good mix. Right. Um, yeah, there is a housing crisis right now. And uh, you said the NDP sort of jumped on your bandwagon. Um, mm -hmm. What What is your policy on the housing crisis? Yeah, so we have a plan for affordable housing, uh, 1.5 million uh, units. We're talking about um, 600,000 affordable rental units, um, bringing back rent control, um, making sure that, you know, in between tenants, um, the rents can't be um, you know, jacked up unnecessarily. Um, we understand that we have a diverse population who needs a diverse, it needs diverse housing op options. Um, it takes, it would take, I think, uh, a young worker like 15 years to, to save up enough for a down payment for a single family home. Well, we're not all single family home owners, right? Um, we need to have duplexes and triplexes and quadplexes and, and have those options. And for renters not to be afraid that, um, you know, there's, <laughs> they're gonna have their, their, uh, their rent jacked up without um, any real reason or, or benefit for that kind of thing. That's, yeah, it's, uh, that one's a really, really tough one. But I, again, um, you know, we also have to stop speculators and we've got to, we have to stop trying to line people's pockets. Um, the Green Party is very much focused on people over politics and people over lining people's pockets. All right. Um, so in this riding, Northumberland, Peterborough South, uh, the Green Party, uh, the best that they've been able to get of the vote is five to six percent. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering if you think that you could beat that. I'm aiming for seven. <laughs> Personally, I'm aiming for seven. But um, I really do think, and I've heard this from a number of people, that people are starting to realize that um, the Green Party is not, you know, off the map, right? We've got an amazing leader in Mike Schreiner. I don't know if you watched the debate last night, but he's so eloquent. He demands respect every time he speaks because he's a great leader and that's what we need right now. And I think that people are ready to put, you know, party politics aside. And I think they recognize that it's time for a change. Green Party uh, took a little longer to select a candidate for this riding than the other parties did. I was just wondering what the hesitation was. 
Um, I'm not really sure. Um, I just know that uh, when they got to me, we worked as fast as we could to get everything organized. And I've got a little team, but they're mighty, and uh, we got it done. And to finish, uh, tell me one of the things you're passionate about, a hobby or a guilty pleasure that has nothing to do with politics. Honestly, um, my husband and I have gotten into uh, cycling and uh, that's, <laughs> that's my spin is getting on my bike. And um, I haven't been into the hills of Northumberland yet. I'm excited to do that. But uh, cycling is, is uh, right now my, my current <laughs> pleasure. Great. Thanks so much for talking to me, Lisa. Uh, I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Olivia. No problem. That was Lisa Francis, the candidate for the Green Party. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.